So I would like them to know that whether they're American veterans or Filipino veterans, these young men and women are the best for our nation. That they are willing to lay their life mind for our freedom. And that we should find every way to thank them, but understand that their spouses and children also serve. And Thinking of having your own podcast? Check out Anchor.fm. It's the easiest way to make one, and it's what I use for my podcast. What is life like for a military family? Hello, troopers! Welcome to the Afterthought on the Military Family Podcast, where you will hear stories straight from a military wife. And I am your host, Mommy Rich. Excited to explore adventures as a military family? Let's get started. Being a military spouse, uh, I get to meet a lot of, of course, other military families who um, have the same stories as with my previous applicants in American Citizen Services. So I, I tend not to forget how I used to assist uh, U.S. citizen families because it's very, very similar. And as for you, I know you've been retired. We actually left um, the service the same year, 2018. (laughs) I left in September of 2018. That's wonderful. It was hard. It was really hard. It was as as I know you you would agree with me, it's a it's a new chapter of life. Yes. So being a military spouse, I if I had supported other, you know, military families through my work before, it's it's time to support my own family, my own husband with his venture. So I had to let go with my love for service <laughs> and to serve my husband this time. Oh. And as Yes, and as for you, sir, um, though you've retired, you've been into a lot of helping and, you know, uh, giving awareness as well to people. Can you tell us more about what you do, sir? Uh, I know this is not just with the military, but yeah, please, please do share with us. Well, I think when I was in Zimbabwe, I started participating uh, in... One month a year, they do 22 push-ups a day. And that was for the service members who were committing suicide to bring attention to that. And then here, when I got home, I started working again with some former uh, Navy SEALs whom I met in Zamboanga who were part of an organization called Home Base, which helps uh, special Operations Force Community uh, members and children, spouses who are, have challenges after they leave the service, particularly those who are in combat. And the Boston Red Sox support them also. And uh, But there's never enough funds for everyone. The latest thing we're doing is the Wounded Warrior Project uh, it's July 4th, 1776 is America's Independence Day. 
So we're doing 1,776 uh, push-ups to bring awareness to wounded warriors. It's only about 57 push-ups a day. Uh, so got a few more days to do that and to raise funds, which we've done. And I thank everybody who's donated to, to that. And I'm also a board member of VETCO, which is mostly uh, men and women that I work with at Special Operations Command who want to help veterans, whether they were a member of the Special Operations Forces community or not, and their children who are down on their luck. And oh. so we are going to have a gala in Hollywood, October 6th and 7th, hoping to have a lot of stars. But we have a board member, uh, my very good friend, Elma Francisco of the Philippines, uh, whose uh, grandfather is the Francisco Motor Jeepney family. Is, oh, yeah, right. Is intimately involved in supporting this as we hope to raise enough funds that we can not only support American veterans, but veterans of our allies and partner nation. So it's wonderful to have Elmer and his family uh, involved in this. And I was able to introduce Elmer to our board members my very good friend and third in the Philippines. So there are, there are connections to the Philippines for this project also. That's very, very nice, sir. And I'm very lucky to actually hear these information from you and to pass it on to our listeners that you are an American, but the work that you do also serves other veterans all over the world who are allies with the U.S., as what you've said, especially the Philippine, uh, the veterans who are in the Philippines, I would say. You know, uh, my father-in-law is a retired Philippine colonel and a veteran, and each year the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs gives donations to the Philippine Veterans Affairs Hospital. When I was there, we did things for eye surgery and hip and back surgery uh, to help Philippine veterans. And of course, at uh, Seafront, we have our new facility, relatively new. Well, I guess it's a decade old now. <laughs> and it's increasingly important because the number, while the number of veterans has probably gone down, U.S. veterans in the Philippines, because, but they are in increasingly poor health because they're elderly, Vietnam veterans, the most part. Some Iraq and Afghan. I will never forget going to Dunagete to the funeral service of a Philippine-American woman uh, who was blown up and killed and captured, bury her there with her parents. It was we did the same at, at Clark in the military field. Male who was uh, killed. So uh, Filipino families also sacrificed uh, in our, what was our two longest wars. Yes, sir. Um, and a lot of people, especially the, I would say, the millennials or the new generations, they're not much 
aware of these situations. And with that being said, sir, I just wanted to ask you for more information about the veterans. Because military veterans, they've done so much. They've sacrificed a lot in their lives to, you know, for the freedom of both countries, U.S. and Philippines. I'd, I'd, I'd narrow it down there. But how do you see veterans right now? Are, are we, how do they say, are we being able to assist them in the way that they deserve? What else would they need? How are they doing so far as, well, as far as units? Yes and no. Uh, the benefits that our veterans are able to get, which they have earned, are, are pretty good in the United States. In terms of being able to buy a house without a debt payment, um, take advantage of firms that give discounts for life insurance, checking, banking, bonds to active duty and veteran families, and the fact that they can be anywhere in the United States and the Philippines only to get health care is, is uh, more than any other country in the world does. However, the challenge, of course, is we have so many service disabled veterans and who have to keep going back to VA to uh, get the disability they earn. We hope and pray that Veterans Affairs, especially the hospitals, which can sometimes be overwhelmed, are uh, getting adequate funds and needed more funds. You know, under the GI Bill that President Obama signed, now if the veterans do not take advantage of college, their children or spouse can't under the GI Bill, which is something that we didn't have because, you know, it's usually under 25% of veterans who are taking advantage of the GI Bill. Oh, wow. Now we give broaden that benefit. I think it's fantastic. Even 15 to 20 years hence, that child can go to go to university using the money his father or mother earned, et cetera. That's right. I yeah, that is definitely one good upgrade because um, education it will take you anywhere as long as you you know yes, you have proper education. Where where we live in Florida, the state of Florida also has benefits for children and veterans uh, in terms of college tuition, scholarships, and many other states do too. And this mm-hmm. is all in, within the last last decade to 15 years that they've done that. You know what a burden it is to be on families to educate their children. Uh, so many go into debt. Uh, things are getting better, but there's still a long way to go. That's true. And that's what we're trying to look forward to. You know, the the new uh, assistance or aspirations of other people who would like to help military families. Uh, we look forward to that, sir. So with all these exposure that you've had, both in the foreign service and the military community, what would you like our listeners to know more about the military people or the military community? Well, I would like them to know that 
that, whether they're American veterans or Filipino veterans, these young men and women are the best for our nation. That they are willing to lay their life mind for our freedom. And that we should find every way to thank them, but understand that their spouses and children also serve and need and deserve option. Very well said, sir. Yes, and it's never ending. It's not an unfortunate thing, but putting lives on the line for the majority, it's a lifetime service. And the effects, the aftermath effects of these is lifetime as well. So supporting military uh, people is, I guess, is a small thank you for what the military people uh, do for others. I felt the sincerity of what you wanted the people to know, sir. My next question would be, knowing, sir, that you have this background with the military as you were growing up. So this is an, a hypothetical question, sir. I don't know if you've thought about this, but have you ever thought about that if ever you didn't join the foreign service, letter A, will you still be trying to go for the military life? Oh. Or B, <laughs> would you have imagined yourself doing something way, way different? What's your take? You know, I honestly don't know. I never thought about that. It's the first time somebody asked me that. I, I don't know. I think after college, I probably would not have joined the military uh, because I went straight into graduate school and started working in, in New York. So I just, I don't think I would have at that time. And by the time 9-11 happened, I was too old to join. Uh, although I know some young people who, who did, but I never was asked that question. I never had to ponder it. And I pro probably know just because I was doing other things. Okay. So if, if not the military life and not foreign service, what do you think would you be doing? No, I don't know. Um, I say that because one of the great things of America, as we touched on before, is once you get your education, um, you can enter a career, and that may take you to other career paths, just like it's happened to you, where uh, you were for years working in American citizen services, and now has found a wonderful new career while you're a spouse. So you cannot, and I could not have predicted what what path Good Lord would have set for me. So that's I, true. I, I just don't know. I just think having that opportunity to get an education, which my parents really focused on, just keeps opening doors. Right, but I guess one thing, sir, you will agree with me would be. You'll, you'll most likely be still serving for other people. Well, I hope so, because uh, my parents never stopped helping people, especially through the church, whether it was taking food to the, to the homeless or sick church members, uh, helping people register to vote, all of those things. 
that they they did. Even when I came home on leave uh, from the Philippines, my father would make uh, get in his car and take uh, food plates to members of the church who were too ill to uh, to attend service. And I think uh, it was the right thing to do, but also it keeps you humble. That's true. That's true. Um, if you've been, uh, if you you know, if you've seen growing up all these things that your parents have, have been doing for other people, your whole family, it's so bizarre if you won't get to do it as well. So I know for a fact that serving other people or helping other people, sir, is really one of the good things um, that you have in your, how would I say it? in your mentality that's always what you wanted to do is to spread awareness and continue to help people in any way that you can i guess it's one thing that i can predict about what you're gonna do <laughs> if you're not in the foreign service <laughs> probably, probably. yes it's a big deal in my family even my sister used to use her own funds uh, to organize her church mates to I'll feed the homeless on Saturdays. My brother-in-law is part of the prison ministry. Goes in. He's the one who was the Navy chief. Goes into prison, spends a night in prison, um, teaching prisoners. They oh, suspended. Wow. They suspended that uh, since COVID. But up to that, and he had more courage than I did to. to to do that, and I think it's our ethos. Uh, my daughter, Casey, uh, spends a lot of time uh, serving as an interpreter for the Spanish immigrant community, Latin America, as well as being involved in voting rights efforts. So it's it's something that, that we do in our family, in our community. And yes, we would have all been doing that. Exactly, exactly, sir. This podcast is powered by Anchor.fm. Making a podcast is free and easy with Anchor.fm. Okay, sir. So probably just a few more questions that I have in uh, in store for yeah. you. Yeah. I know as what you've said, you you were born after your dad had served, but I still feel and you may correct me if I'm wrong, sir, that there is still somehow the behavior of the military, how would I say this, attitude in, in the household. So I just wanted to ask you, sir, what do you think are the life lessons that you have by having a military life or a military exposure through the family or the people around you? Well, my daddy always believed on being neat, uh, being on time, punctuality, and living up to your word. Those were all of the things that were reinforced not only by his parents, but by the military. You can't spend any time in any organization and not uh, be affected by it in some way. So we didn't have to drill. <laughs> But uh, that was that was the case, and for my cousins, because all of their fathers were in, in the service, I think that uh, they had the same type of experience, the same uh, upbringing that we had. Now, 
my generations, everybody's dad served. <laughs> it was it was rare if, you, if your father wasn't in service. Just didn't happen um, at that time. Yeah. So, but yeah, and it, it it gave them benefits because it got them for most of the Americans who served in World War II the benefits. Uh, for those who survived, got them out of pocket. Right. Wow. Very yeah. A lot of illiteracy, a lot of people with bad teeth, all of these things that we don't have. The biggest problem, I think, now in the military is obesity. Um, I American teenagers, uh, which was not an issue 60, 70 years ago. But these, you know, things change. But yeah, we were, we were all uh, proud of our fathers. But I was far from unique. I can see that, sir. I mean, I'm just curious, sir. Were your parents, or specifically your dad, being in the military, was he a strict type of father? In my generation, everybody's father was strict. <laughs> Are you kidding? But you know, they, our fathers didn't have to raise their voices. We lived in constant fear of them. You know. Yeah, they were, yeah. They, were, they were, it was a different time, you know. Our fathers were strict, but our mothers were really the sergeant majors, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, we grew up in that uh, generation of, uh, they believe spare the rod, spoil the child, you know, so, uh, which clearly psychologists do not believe today. You, you were polite. As you see, when I just returned to the Philippines, every youngster does a blessing and still say cold to people, uh, which you don't see so much in America these days. In our generation, because the everybody on the street uh, you addressed as Mister or Mrs. and they if they told you to do something, you better do it. Uh, they tell your parents. And our teachers were strict, and our teachers. Could Employ corporal punishment also. So we're afraid of a lot of people, but it kept us in line. Uh, I think I I still got to experience that type of generation, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> um, and uh, I had guests, sir, that would tell me, especially w- with their military boot camp experience, that it attributes to a Filipino trait wherein we were taught to. Listen and follow. So in the boot camp, or let's say in the military life, that's all you really have to do. In order for you to really enjoy, you know, the military service, all you got to do is listen and follow. I guess it's, it's, um, it applies to even, you know, to regular families. Yeah. I mean, with your elders, right? You just have to listen and you follow. Exactly. No conflict. You know, in our family, we go by seniority, and so if my sister says do something, I got to do it. But one of my older cousins, I'm very serious. No question. <laughs> yes, that that is um, something that's totally, well, I wouldn't say totally, but it's something that's different nowadays in this generation. Yes. Today, everybody has a voice. Today, everybody has a right to speak up regardless of age and seniority. 
everybody has their own opinions to be brought up. I would put it that way. Well, you know, in many ways, it's healthy. And I understand the need for it. But there also should be boundaries where you're still respectful, kind. So I think most people are like that. But the the minority who's not just gives a bad image to the current. I agree. I totally agree. Okay, sir. My second to the last question would be, how was your transition from foreign service, or let's say from civilian to foreign service, back to the civilian life? How are you doing, sir, with that transition? I know you've been retired from, like, uh, let's say since 2018, but Just you've been pretty me. active. So how are, you, how are you doing with your civilian life, sir? I'm loving it. I don't miss the foreign service. I enjoyed my time, <laughs> but it was else. It was a some time to do something else. So very pleased these days to be in the private sector, uh, getting the opportunity to travel back to the Philippines, and the same time uh, to be on some nonprofit boards where you can give back and connect others. So I'm I'm enjoying myself. That's great. I remember when we met you in Manila, um, Pong was joking that uh, would you plan to just go back and be an ambassador again? <laughs> same, same thing. Cause, um, when, I, when I had a chance to um, have a get-together with the ACS people, they were teasing me, well, you, now you're in the Philippines, so you might as well go back to... Um, uh, to ACS, I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That's right, sir. So I'll probably ask my, um, my last question, sir, and that would be, um, may I ask for your message to the military families? Um, actually, I'm going to ask two messages from you, sir. One would be specifically for the military service members, men and women who are, you know, on active duty right now, um, still serving the country and the the allies. And of course, a separate message for their support system, us, the military families. Well, thank you. It's an honor to give the two messages. Really, a privilege. To, to the military active duty members, again, we appreciate everything that you do keep us safe and thank you for that. Hope that you're able to realize your potential in the military and after you leave the service. Second message is again, really to the military. Listen to your spouse and children, understand that they have challenges also. Don't negate their history. We understand that you had a challenge, but they're different. And so they need you to allow them to speak, plain, understand, because they have anxiety. But also they have dreams that they would like to pursue. Please let them pursue their individual dreams. That's great. Thank you, sir. And um, for us military dependents, um, 
or for people, or how would they say it, sir, for juniors who are aspiring to enter and be part of the military service, do you have, may I ask for any encouraging remarks for our, you know, prospective military service people? You know, I work with so many of these young men and women. And one of the things that's great, if you go in 18 to 20 or 40 and retire with a full pension, have the opportunity to go to university as well as get a, have a second career because people value veterans for the skills they bring. It is an alternative well worth considering because it can multiply into other So it would be, I, I, I actually, as a military spouse, I know it is a challenge to be part of the military service, but it's definitely an honor. If you would agree with me, sir, uh, for those you know, individuals who are interested to join and be part of the military service, please do. Our country and allies definitely need your service. I, I 100% agree with you. Thank you, sir. So um, any other projects that you have, sir, that you would like to share with our audience, um, you know, for any months to come other than the gala that you've mentioned? And I'm also curious about this VetCoin HQ that you've mentioned. You've, you've told me about it when we met, but it was very brief. If you'd like to share more, then we'd love to. It started out to be a cryptocurrency and use cryptocurrency funds to help veterans. But then uh, we were able to meet Elmer, who is on a whole nother level of not having just a crypto coin, but also getting everything into the metaverse and, and an eye. So we're doing a, a, a kind of smorgasbord of future-looking things. We understand that the average service member is 21 years of old, and these are things that they can relate to and interest them, and they can explain to their parents. And their grandparents. Uh, so that is what Vetcoin uh, HQ is about. It's a nonprofit, and it is clearly a byproduct of what happens when several people sit down together and uh, start talking about helping others. That it can go in positive ways. You can't imagine. That's great. Wow. I really look forward to that. I'm, I only know basic, uh, I only have a basic knowledge of cryptocurrency. <laughs> and I guess I'm going to learn more from you, sir. <laughs> but definitely that is one uh, good way of helping our veterans. And right. And we need to, of course, be uh, with what, what's going on. How would I say it? We, we should be on the trend as well. If it's cryptocurrency, then a lot of people need to learn more about these things because this is the next, this is the next thing that's going to happen So in our future. Oh, yeah. And definitely it will help a lot of people, mostly veterans. Yes. 
That's very good, sir. And any other projects that you have, sir? I am the board of an organization called Care for the Homeless that helps homeless community in New York City. And a large part of the people we serve are our veterans. Uh, tells you the challenges they face. And my, I'm on the board of Winter for Kids, which teaches poor kids winter sports. But it was started by a schoolmate of mine, uh, Sean Mallier, who was a Marine aviator. Oh, wow. He said that nobody ever told him he couldn't be a Marine aviator. No one ever told him he couldn't fly. No one ever told him he could not raise money to help these kids learn the wonders of winter sports. And also uh, on the board of the National Committee for American Policy, which has a very uh, lot former military, as well as uh, the American Committee for National Security Leaders, which is almost all, I would say, 80 to 85 percent retired flag officers. And wow. the other 15% are foreign service officers. But we're nonpartisan. We look at foreign policy from nonpartisan. Uh, but this was an organization started. That's great, sir. Oh, my goodness. There's still a lot in store for the military families, especially with the veterans. So oh, yes. thank you. Thank you so much with all these work that you do, sir. Uh, even... After foreign service, you continue to help others, especially the military community. Uh, on their behalf, I would like to say thank you. Thank you so much. I wish you the best of luck in your marriage, with your family, and with your new ventures. Thank you so much, Sir Harry. And uh, it is really a pleasure to... Uh, be doing this conversation with you. I don't want to say this as an interview. I really am very honored that you make made time for this conversation with me and to guest in my podcast. Thank you so much, Sir Harry. And thank you for being a wonderful part of the conversation. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, sir. And for our troopers out there, Thank you so much for joining us in this special episode. Always remember, choose to be kind, take care, and stay safe. Bye! Afterthought on the Military Family is a proud member of the Rumble Royale Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. If you are new here and enjoyed this episode, Please follow the podcast by tapping the bell to be notified of new episodes. This helps military families who want to live their best lives find the show. And if you would like to share your story, please connect with us through our Facebook page, Mommy Reg. And we would love for you to be part of the show. Remember, you are not alone. Until next time!